0: Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Our guest has got his own show on the SEC Network, syndicated radio show. And here's the one I like best, Darren. We are kindred spirits. We're both writers, but, well, he's a New York Times best selling author. I don't have that on my resume, but maybe someday. Paul Feinbaum, welcome to the David Glenn Show.
1: Scott, thank you. And by the way, it—it uh, it, it is a nice thing that when, when you die, they say that, but, uh, in, in, in real life, it doesn't mean very much because you find a lot of New York times bestsellers that have never really done anything.
0: <laughs> I wonder if it's like a pay-per-click or it's like buying Facebook followers or something. Yeah, you can do it's, that. It's close to that. I, uh, I, 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 did a book, a,
1: Bush on, a book on a Russian bots, and that's, that was my <laughs> bestseller, but, um, it, it, it is nice to say, but, uh, having a, a a regular job is is even nicer, so i'll'll I'll, I'll take both.
0: I like it, Paul. Good perspective. Paul, earlier in the show, during the first hour, we had on Jeff Collins. He's the new football coach at Georgia Tech, as you well know. and well, I just want to pick your brain. what What is your thought on that hire? How good of a fit is that for the Rambling wreck? I think
1: it's a good fit. Number one, uh, he, he's he's an alum and uh, I followed him uh, pretty closely in his uh, I think he's had two stints in the SEC. That program needed a change. Uh, I, I in, in, I'd probably say in the last five to ten years, uh, every time I talked about Georgia Tech, uh, I got pros and cons, <laughs> and <laughs> and it, it was it was it was right down the middle. And I think when when you get to that, uh, it's probably time to move on. And I think that was a good decision by Coach Johnson. And I, I think that program needs to be relevant again. Uh, and and it just has not been in recent years.
0: How how high is the ceiling at Georgia Tech?
1: No, I don't think it's that tall. Uh, I mean, this is a program that, uh, if you're in your sixties or seventies or, or, or older, you, you remember Georgia Tech as being one of the powers in college football. But uh, and and you can even remember what back 20, 25, 30 years ago they they won a sport national championship. But I don't think they're uh, a. I don't think they're really a national championship type program anymore. But they certainly can compete in the ACC as as weak. As the ACC has gotten outside of uh, one school,
0: you know, Paul. Actually, fun fact: the last time I visited with you, I brought this up. The last time a school won the national title that was unranked in the preseason, Georgia Tech, nineteen
1: ninety. Uh, and it was a it was a confluence of events. Uh, college football was was in a transition back then when we had, I think, twice in a, in a couple of years split national championships, which is very as unsatisfactory as the current system is, can you imagine how that goes over?
0: <laughs> yeah, it would be people rioting in the streets. Paul, I, I meant to ask you about this earlier, or at least send you a text, and I'm, I'm going to throw this at you. Our question of the day is destination schools, and Jeff Collins got me thinking, What what is a destination school? And I know he's from the Atlanta area. He's done two stints as an assistant at Georgia Tech. It's a good fit for him. He's coming home. But, Paul, when, when you look at the roster of schools that play football at the FBS level, what do you consider to be a destination school? What's the criteria?
1: Well, I think it, it, it evolves, but, but right now it's pretty simple. I mean, there, there, there is an A-level, an a, an a uh, and that is Alabama and, and Clemson. Uh, you throw in a uh, handful of others uh, that, are, that are predictable, uh, Oklahoma, uh, Michigan, uh, Ohio State, but yeah, really, uh, there are a lot of schools out there that, to me, are are, are problematic, and I think Tech is one of those. Uh, I think uh, a lot of them are. I mean, we, we really... College football is not like basketball when you have the potential for an Auburn to make the Final Four. It, it's very predictable, uh, and and quite frankly, it's gotten pretty boring. Uh, I mean, we, we have Pretty much the same schools every year playing in the semifinals, and uh, and, the, and the same schools are at least the, from at the five to six to seven range. The games are not very good, and and I, and I think the sport, as great as it is, had better uh, get attacked together pretty quickly here, or the the interest in it. And I know this sounds uh, taboo in some parts of the country, including this part, uh, is it's going to it's going to start diminishing.
0: How, how should we view a Texas and a Florida state? Are, are those still destination jobs, or is that just something from yellow newspaper clippings harking back to another time?
1: To be determined, uh, I don't think Florida state is. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think if, if you look at uh, schools that have crashed and burned in recent years, Florida state would be the poster child. And, and there was a great debate on on what happened, uh, because it's. It has not been very long. Uh, in fact, it's only been two years since uh, Florida State entered uh, entered the season number three in the country. About to play uh, the biggest preseason uh, game. What I mean by that is the opening weekend game we've ever seen. That was Alabama and Florida State. And yeah, you know, I don't know uh, uh, because I, I'm, I'm not down there uh, whether. The uh, criticism is deserved or not on Jimbo Fisher. I mean, I think you have to blame him for a good bit of it. Uh, his last season there, which, which is what I'm referencing, they had, they had to go out and spend uh, a fortune to get a, to, to redo a game that was canceled by a hurricane so they could keep their ball streak alive. And, and, but but uh, having said all that, Willie Taggart to me is not the right coach. He, he's shown me absolutely nothing. Uh, and and that program from from playing for national championships every year under Bobby and and later under Jimbo now is 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 trying to get back to a ball game.
0: You know, Paul, and I, this occurred to me this morning, and I think you'll appreciate this circular logic. Florida State and Texas are kind of kind of connected at the hip because Texas went and got a coach from a G five school, which would be unthinkable just a few years ago and Florida State went and poached somebody from Oregon, the Pac-12, after losing a coach who won a national championship. He left willingly. What did that do to the Florida State brand when you think about it?
1: Well, he left willingly, but I, I wonder what General Fisher's life would be like at Florida State today if he stayed. Because the next year, I which was last year, I think they were going to uh, fall off the cliff. The cliff, and, 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 and you know, he was not in any danger of being fired after winning a title and and getting back to the uh, playoffs the next year. But but he he was losing favor. He made a good decision. Yeah, Herman, to me, uh, I still believe he's a he's an elite coach. Uh, but but Texas this year has has a lot to prove, uh, and you, know, you, you can't you can't live your life off of a bowl game. Uh, the Georgia game was significant, but uh, beating LSU is what they have to do. That, that is week two of the college football season. It's one of the biggest non-conference games of the entire year.
0: You know, you bring me to another point I wanted to address with you, and that would be scheduling in the SEC. Six of the top ten toughest schedules are in the Southeastern Conference, and you have that game you alluded to with Texas. Texas. In lsu how much longer do you see the sec keeping its current model of the number of conference games it plays and do you see them finally getting rid of that next to last regular season game where they play those cupcakes
1: well they are not going to change uh they're absolutely uh, steadfast in, in, in their refusal to go to nine games and some of it is just pure pure selfishness uh they don't they, they they don't want uh, the the middle to lower division teams uh, saddle with another conference loss because it it affects their their uh, their bowl eligibility issue. And as far as the the, uh, the next to last weekend, that's changing a little bit. Uh, I think they've heard the criticism this year. For example, A uh, and M is playing at Georgia, which is a, an unusually good game for what is always the worst weekend of the year. But when well, it gets right down to it. The SEC just doesn't care what anyone else thinks. Uh, they, are, they are tone deaf on that, on, on that front. Uh, Scott, they, they are so good. They are so powerful. Uh, a lot of this has to do with Nick Saban that uh, they literally thumb their nose at the rest of the college sports. And, and I, I think it's a mistake. Listen, I, 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 I work in the SEC uh, footprint, but I think playing uh, not playing nine uh, puts them under, puts them under, under, under the gun. And yeah, you know, the non-conference schedules are debatable. Uh, I mean, this year everyone's railing on Alabama because they're playing Duke, um, <laughs> but but they played. But two years ago they played FSU, which was number three in the country. They played Michigan. They played Southern Cal. They played Clemson before. There's 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 not much. There's, there are not many teams left for Alabama to play uh, outside of opening the season against Clemson and then ending the season against Clemson.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at it, how many – these schedules are made so far in advance anyhow, but when you look at the upper crust of college football, as you said, it's a pretty elite club. It's slim Pickens and Duke is a program that's done better, going to bowl games every year under under David Cutcliffe. I, I see no harm in it, but you'll never placate everybody, or at least the Alabama naysayers, you'll never please them because they're not playing the, the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Dallas Cowboys.
1: The one thing I do see and I hope to see more of uh, – is more home-and-home home games. I mean, I, I've been to all these uh, games in Atlanta and Orlando and Dallas and Houston, and quite frankly, I'm sick of them. I, I don't think college football was meant to be uh, a neutral site game. We have them at the end of the year. Uh, there's nothing like being at a, at, a, at a home stadium. Two years ago, Georgia took 50,000 fans South them. They're returning the game this year. Uh, you're seeing, I think, uh, Georgia and Clemson have uh, renewed a great rivalry. Uh, I, I, just, uh, I mean, part of one of the most enjoyable parts of, of covering college football when I was a, a beat reporter was, was going different places. Uh, they, I mean, I, listen, I, I spent most of my whole life going to SEC towns. I know them all very well, by the way. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I went to Norman. I went to Notre Dame. I went to state college. I went to Lincoln. Uh, fans want to do the same thing. Uh, they, there's, there's only, there's only so many times you can go to Atlanta to watch a game or, or Dallas, uh, it should. And, and I and I, I I just hope they put these games out of business. They're, they're not they're not done yet. But I think you'll see, especially as we we gravitate to an 18 team playoff, which we will, in spite of what all the, uh, the, the 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 dons of the five families say when they sit <laughs> together uh, at the at the Power Five convention. Uh, we're, we're going to see less and less of these neutral site games.
0: And Paul, before we let you go, real quick, can you give me a team that you can see going to a next level this this season, and can you give me a team that you can see regressing?
1: Well, I think a really interesting team is Auburn. Uh, by the way, they could almost be they could be both of those uh, because uh, they are so much on the bubble of, 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 of being successful and unsuccessful. The problem uh, with, with with them is, is their schedule. Uh, they, they open against Oregon. But, you know, Oregon's a team I'm, I'm really high on. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's a team that uh, the, the, uh, the, the Willie Taggart uh, comment, uh, he left behind. He may regret it. Um, I'm trying to think of it. You know a team, uh, they're not ready to get there yet, but I'm going to give you a, a team to watch over the next two or three years, and, and that's North Carolina. I think one of the shrewdest offseason season decisions was bringing Mac Brown back. Uh, I know Mack very well. He still has a hunger. He left the game as one of the best coaches of the modern era, and I don't think he quite got the credit he deserved. And I am going to predict that North Carolina will be in an ACC championship game in three years.
0: You know, Paul, I, I, I agree with that 100% because I think there's value in a veteran coach stepping back for a few years, resetting and viewing the game through a different prism, especially as it's evolved as much as it has over the past 10 years. I think I think he brings a lot of value, not only for his experience, but from the different perception he has now of how to do things.
1: And he was on the verge of, of being the dominant coach in the game uh, You know, in 2008, 2009. He lost to, to Nick Saban. And one of those years, uh, I think it was eight. He was denied a chance to play for it, even though he had maybe the best team in the country. Um, I, you know, Things just happen, uh, and, and it's, it's already been hashed out. But but to me, uh, he, he has not gotten the credit as one of the, the best coaches of his era that he deserves.
0: He's on the SEC Network. He's on ESPN. He's on radio. He's a New York Times bestselling author, for goodness sake. <laughs> you can follow him on Twitter at FinebombPaul. Paul, as always, it's been a pleasure, buddy. It is always fun to be on. Uh, Talk to you soon, Scott. All righty, Paul. Appreciate it. It's Paul Feinbaum. You can follow him on Twitter, at Feinbaum. And, well, that's always time well spent.